0: Hi everyone, Dr. B here. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So, kind of a cloudy, rainy day today in the valley. Great time to be in the barn and talk about dentistry. Uh, Today we're gonna talk about something that most of you will remember. Maybe you've blocked it out of your mind. It is slightly traumatic. We get it as it's a treatment at the dentist. We get it twice yearly and it's kind of no matter what in most practices from what I've seen. And there are contraindications and indications for having it done, but I'm not seeing that. It's just done across the board and I'll explain why. Uh, it's done twice a year up until age 14. It is done up until age 14 because of uh, insurance payments. Insurance does reimburse for it up until that age. Typically, not all insurance companies do, uh, like many other procedures. And adults get it. The elderly, people with sensitive roots, um, uh, high caries rate, cavity rate, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So anyway... Um, and and you may remember it it's you 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 go in as a kid hygienist is friendly you see the dentist the dentist may be dressed up as a clown or something it's a fun environment you get your teeth polished you hold a mirror you get a toy all of that's great but at the very end of the visit they tell you that they're going to put this gel or foam or a varnish on your teeth sometimes if it's foam it's loaded in a tray so that it doesn't spread out all over the place and so that you don't swallow it because there are some issues with that. And you're like, okay, sure, I'm almost done. Uh, Let's get out of here. (laughs) And the reason this fluoride varnish is applied then is because your teeth are very clean and theoretically uptake is very good. And then this stuff gets put in your mouth. I'll describe the different ways And you taste it. You smell it. Actually, you can smell it before it comes in close to your mouth. And it is absolutely the most revolting thing in the world. It's not a bad food taste. It's chemicals, solvents. Um, uh, Again, I will describe what's in there. Uh, It's not just uh, very concentrated fluoride. You can't really smell that. Uh, But all the carriers that will evaporate when they're in your mouth. So you you smell it, it's in your throat. It's, uh, you smell it, you know, through the nose. Uh, It's overwhelming. And and these are the memories you may have had. Just, I mean, kids jump out of windows. I had a, a kid jump out of a window. And that was before we applied the fluoride. In other words, he knew it was coming. I left the room, we came back, Patient was gone. He was a six-year-old. He had punched through the open window. There was a screen. And he was waiting by his mom's car in the parking lot. True story. Um, you know, talk to any pediatric dentist, and they will tell you all sorts of stories. We have a name for it. It's called fluoride face. Uh, they scrunch up their face. It's like they're in pain. Uh, they vomit. They vomit in the office. They'll go home, and the parent will call and say, my kid's vomiting. Should I be concerned? Um, it's really... A terrible experience and and has lasting implications and you know there is some efficacy uh, we 'll talk about that, but now there's an alternative and it's safer and so we 're going to talk about the fluoride varnish um, so i'm I'm by describing that, I hope that many of you remember this uh, if you're an adult or sorry if you're a parent. You know what we're talking about because you're either in the room or you see your kid come out into the waiting room and you're like, what happened? <laughs> anyway, so let me describe what the fluoride varnish is. And then uh, I'm very excited actually to tell you that there's this wonderful alternative and that's where we're going. And by the way, if you're a practitioner, this is a very apt Uh, very relevant uh, program, uh, episode to listen to, because things are changing on the landscape, the political uh, economic landscape of dentistry, and uh, it has to do with fluoride and billing codes and all of that. So I'm going to explain that at the end. I'm going to just talk quickly about a new varnish. There's a new varnish in town, and it's going to change everything. And the best part of it is, and the reason this varnish was developed. One of the reasons. Uh, there were two, mainly, mostly. Um, but the main reason was to prevent that horrible event, uh, that memory, that uh, that feeling of o- overwhelming asphyxiation of chemical smells and volatiles in your olfactory spaces and in your throat and the taste. And the irritation to the oral mucosa the ulcerations that you would get afterwards the vomiting the just the probably painful um uh i'm old enough where i was not exposed to these fluoride varnishes uh they they are rather recent especially in the u.s they came first in uh, they appeared first in europe so anyway let me first describe what the varnish is um so uh there're different forms there's a gel there's a foam and then there's the varnish and the word varnish refers to a coating it's like you're varnishing your table shellac is a, u- a word that is used um uh, again uh shellacking something uh was you know, polishing it and putting a layer on it, a protective layer. Uh, typically, when dealing with furniture, these were uh, meant to last many, many years. Interesting enough, a another meaning of shellac was a 78 RPM record. That was the record that came before the records that we have currently, the 33 and a third RPM record, and they were called shellac discs. Not sure why. It was probably the material that was in there. It was a petroleum product. uh, But they were shiny. Uh, They were very brittle, actually. Uh, So maybe there weren't any petroleum products in there. Maybe it was something else. But anyway, um, so the fluoride varnish is something that dentists like to do. And let's give them credit. We like it because that's the only time that fluoride really works, is when you apply it topically. On top of the tooth surface, so toothpaste, a prescription st- strength toothpaste, or a varnish, these are all applied topically. Uh, fluoride in the water, that's something else. That's ingested, goes into your bloodstream. And when your teeth are forming as a kid, uh, the enamel organ is, when when the fluoride ion is available, uh, by ingesting it, will grab the fluoride ion over a calcium ion uh, not not 100%, but mostly, and will incorporate fluoride into the structure of a tooth. And the theory there is that that made the tooth stronger and more resistant to the acid attacks that you get in the mouth. And there's some truth to that, but now we understand. And again, this was all decided back in the 30s, late 30s in the U.S., uh, based just by association. Um and even though we saw a lot of damage being done to the tooth in communities where kids were drinking from well water with high amounts of fluoride, there was actually a higher decay rate. But anyway, that's, I don't want to get into the fluoride controversy in depth on this episode. Um, so, uh, so by association, they, th- thought that they saw a lower decay rate by ingesting fluoride and that's when we had this brilliant idea based on no evidence scientific evidence at least and no studies on the toxic effects of course on children on adults on humans even animal studies there were none really um, we decided to put fluoride in the water um, and now we know today that fluoride in the water doesn't work and the water has other effects though it it damages your child's brain even if you're pregnant and drinking fluoridated water. These are all studies that have been out since uh at least for ten years now there's a lawsuit against the EPA that's going to wrap up um, uh, the last week of january twenty twenty four next January and uh, the last week uh, first week of february um and I think we're going to see some change here there is change coming and I'm seeing changes in coding, new codes that are coming, and in how the American Dental Association is reacting to this. They are There is some preparation for what happens if fluoride gets taken out of the water. What do we do? What are the alternatives? And how do we build for that? How do we get insurance companies to pay for that treatment? So that's the beginning. I'm going to talk more about that. And if you're a practitioner, you're going to want to listen to this. Um, uh, it, it's key. it's a, going to be a key aspect of your practice financially, but also for practice building and having those kids come back with a smile instead of being dragged in by their parents. Uh, anyway, um, a varnish. Okay, so what was I saying? A gel, foam, varnish. The, gel, the gels in the foam are a little less strong, but they're much stronger than even a prescription-strength toothpaste, which has about 5,000 parts per million of fluoride. To- regular toothpaste over-the-counter is about 1,100 parts per million. I've seen some as high as 1,400, and of course there are toothpastes without fluoride. Um, And the varnishes range anywhere from 12,000 parts per million to about 24,000 parts per million. It's quite strong. Um, But the theory is is that if you apply it after the teeth are really clean, the pellicle, the biofilm has been polished off with the little rubber cups and the pumice, the Profi paste, which also has fluoride in it, Pumice does not. Um, um, then, and the t- teeth have been scraped and flossed, and you've got a hygienist there working her magic. And that's the time that absorption or or uptake of the fluoride ion, even a calcium ion, if it's present, if you were to to uh, put that into a varnish, um, that's the time that any decalcified areas. That are working their way towards being a cavity would uptake this fluoride ion and remineralize. Okay. And we know that works. We do have data that fluoride is great at topically reinforcing these areas. Um, and the problem with, so there are many different types of varnish. Uh, I've looked at a lot of studies and researched all the varnishes and they all basically do about the same thing, even though all these companies claim that their version is better. They add different, uh, you know, metals like tin or they, uh, sodium fluoride. I mean, and they, they, the marketing, uh, uh ad is typically, um, uh, ours is better than theirs. And this stuff's expensive. The dentist will buy it. It's only available to dentists. You can't buy this at home because the amounts of fluoride are pretty bad. If someone were to swallow us, and these tubes are small, again by design, if they were to swallow a tube, it could be very very dangerous. Uh, and uh, the teeth, if they're developing teeth, would be scarred forever. There would be a layer when that Enamel organ was, it, as it lays down enamel, big hit of fluoride, it could lay down a lot of imperfect enamel. We call that um, a fluorosis. So, and that can happen even with taking in too much fluoride through water, through swallowing toothpaste, and all that. And I'm going to do uh, an episode on fluorosis because it's on the rise in the US. Um, these are little white spots, and if it's worse, it's brown spots. I actually, I grew up in San Francisco back in the 60s. They had fluoridated water, and I have uh, some little white spots, and it wasn't until dental school that uh, I was able to identify those as being type 1 fluorosis, uh, the least aggressive or, or severe version of uh, too much fluoride in your teeth. Um, okay. So, uh, this let's talk about varnish, because that's the strongest version. And then just keep in mind that there are lesser versions. But it's all essentially for the same reason. The varnish, the way the varnish works is you want this strong fluoride to be on the teeth for up to three hours. um, And you don't want the patient to swallow it. So, you put it into this solvent, silane. Propylene glycol and hexane. Google, Google those chemicals. Uh, EWG will, it, they'll give it very high scores in the red. Um, if you, uh, just look at a Wikipedia, uh, the toxicity is, is quite high. Propylene glycol was banned in Europe a long time ago. It is in your varnish that your children are getting. Um, and there are other chemicals uh, as well and that's what the kids are reacting to. I mean, imagine sniffing on acetone. I mean, it's just crazy that we that we think the benefit of remineralization remineralization by a very strong fluoride is worth the exposure to all these uh, uh potentially uh, potential carcinogens. Um uh not not what I would my would want my kid to be exposed to. So anyway, um So the reason for that is that, and and then there's resins in there, and these resins are have BPAs and they're very similar to the composites. So it's a liquid form, it gets mixed or it comes out of a tube, and then it gets rubbed on or painted onto the teeth after they're dried. Maybe some lip retractors are placed and the volatiles evaporate. And what's left is that resin base with fluoride in it in contact with the tooth. And then, theoretically, some of the manufacturers will say two to three hours. The child and the parent is asked not to rinse with water. (laughs) Right after this burning, smelly, volatile is in in your mouth, uh, they're asked not to drink or eat for two to three hours, which is impossible. Uh, I'm thinking of my grandson. He's he's the best eater in the world. He's literally uh, eating every half hour uh, good stuff, you know, but he's munching on carrots and he's drinking and he's hydrated and and it, that's, that's an impossible ask. And so most offices will say 30 minutes and even that is very difficult. The first thing the kid wants to do when they have that in their mouth is to spit out. If there's a cuspidor, sometimes they just spit on the floor. I, I don't blame them. Um, by the way, if your dentist has carpets in his operatory, see a new dentist. It should be vanilla. Vinole- it should be a linoleum, hospital grade linoleum, so it can be cleaned properly. Anyway, there's still some carpeted operatories out there. Um, other things can, can get caught in there. If they're using metal fillings, there can be mercury in that carpet. Anyway, that, that was a little bit of a rabbit hole. Sorry. D- divergence. Um, anyway, um, uh so they want to spit out and then they want to drink because they've got this burning sensation on the oral mucosa. And and so it it's that's the trauma. And then they're held back, or the parent will sit on their child and say, No, just you know, Joey, sit sit there for a, I mean, let's go out to the car and I'll try and distract you for a half hour and then and then we'll get an ice cream to eat. You know, it's uh the, the classic parent bribe. Um and and that that's unfortunate, so uh, but there is uptake of fluoride, and it does help remineralize teeth. Um, but you're exposed to a lot of severe, terrible chemicals. Uh, it's it, in this episode, I'm not going to talk about the actual chemicals. I mentioned them. Uh, I will list them in the show notes. You can do a little research. In, within minutes, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, I could go on about all these different, uh, chemicals, propylene glycol being banned in Europe. That's a half hour discussion, very interesting one. Um, and perhaps we'll do that. So, uh, again, this varnish works for adults, um, people that have, uh, patients that have very sensitive teeth. If they have gum recession and the roots are exposed, um, Uh, there was a time where i was applying fluoride and and it would work but it wouldn't last Uh, um, it doesn't penetrate as as deeply as some other remineralizing agents but it would work Um, the amounts are crazy let's talk about that so twenty four thousand parts per million of fluor of fluoride in this varnish and the reason there's a volatile and this resin they want to get it in there and they want it to bond on the teeth but then the flakes over the next half hour or hour these these this little skin that film that's on the teeth they flake off what if the child is swallowing those are they spitting them out do they get removed properly by the parent getting in there and flossing everything and getting all the pieces out and having the child spit out no no that's rarely happening and i have not seen a dentist or a hygienist i'm sure it's happening But I have not seen that being said. It's like, okay, keep that film in there. Don't swallow it. When the half-hour moment is up, get in there and floss and brush and make sure no flaky stuff is swallowed and spit it all out. Verify that it's in the sink. Who knows what it does after it gets in the sink that it it is not that biodegradable. But anyway, um, so the fluoride does get in there. Uh, The reason we have trays, these foam trays that come in three different sizes. They, they get put in the mouth, they get sized. Okay, that tray works. Then the foam or the varnish is put in the tray and it's held in the tray. That's uh, The reason for that is so that this fluoride doesn't get into the child's stomach. It d- doesn't get ingested. Um, we've talked about the therapeutic effect. It does work. You've heard me rail against fluoride, but it does work topically. Um, but at a huge cost, and one of the costs is not just fluoride to the brain. In this case, it's all the chemicals that are used to dispense and hold that fluoride in place on the teeth. Really, really sad. Um, Let me just look at my notes here. So um, let's talk about what's coming. Uh, I think I've painted a picture uh, enough where you, you now know that varnish is something maybe you don't want to get involved in with your kids. Um, varnishes do kill the strep mutan bug. The high amounts of fluoride, especially high amounts, uh, are uh, bactericidal against the S-mutan bug. Um, and that's the bug that is mostly responsible for decay. Again, it's a short-term thing, though. The oral microbiome recovers in six days, typically, Um so I, I don't think that's a big benefit, although dentists and researchers are very proud of that fact. The other thing is, is that do you really want to be killing that bug? Um, all of us have that bug in our mouth. You want to be nourishing the oral microbiome. You don't want to be knocking it down so that when it comes back, it's in a more dysbiotic state perhaps. Those bugs are more dangerous than aerobic bugs. The anaerobes are, are typically the, the, the big I'm going to say it, the shit. The stirs. Uh, they're very virulent and they're also very resistant. So uh, killing bugs in the mouth is not a good strategy. And you've heard me talk about that. Um, so anyway, this has been around for quite a while. It started off in Europe in the 60s and it got here uh, to the States in the 80s, earlier in Canada. And again, you know, first fluoride in the water and now everyone was thinking, OK, if we can just hit the teeth and hit our kids with this fluoride, who cares about the chemicals, the carrier chemicals, the volatiles, Um, we can reduce the amount of cavities in in our country, which is the most common disease uh, globally. Um, And it wasn't working. And, of course, we know what the root cause was. It was cereals, Kellogg's, Post, uh, uh, Cheerios, uh, cookies, candies, processed foods, Foods that come in bags, they're not even foods. That's not a, a name, uh, I should be giving to these, these, um, consumables, um, edibles. Uh, anyway, um, and, and that's what was driving decay. It's diet and then came mouth breathing and lifestyle and, and allergies and, and, and all of that to our environment. Um, and so fluoride has not worked and, most of europe is not fluoridated and they have the same decay rate that we do uh, it's actually slightly less england is fluoridated they have a higher decay rate Flu- fluoride in the water doesn't work even topical fluoride has been a little bit of a disappointment yes it works in a test tube but and and according to the studies twice a year is enough um i i, I don't think that's the case i see kids that Get an optimal fluoride treatment. Teeth are clean. It gets placed perfectly by a diligent hygienist. It stays on for an hour or two. Um, This is best case scenario, of course, and the kids still get cavities. And you see when they come in, you see the orange residue of Cheetos or or goldfish and and crackers and and. Sticky foods caught in the grooves of their teeth. And there's there's no countering that. Uh, so we're we're not addressing the root cause of decay, unfortunately, uh in this country. So uh anyway, so fluoride treatment drives me nuts. Um and that leads me to um Oh, there are some contraindications for varnish. Uh, patients with ulcerative gingivitis, stomatitis. These are. This is a breakdown of the oral mucosa. Um, that just doesn't get done. Uh, the, the everyone gets it. It's a rubber stamp, and the reason for that is this is lucrative. This is a bread and butter production. Uh, value for a dentist. And, and I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, we need to keep our dentists in business, and it's a very rough business with a very high overhead. Um, and I, I'm not saying this in a negative way, but you'll see why this is important later. Um, it's hard to take something away and replace it with something, um, unless that replacement is, you can still bill for it, uh, because it, it's the... it. it affects the bottom line and it, it can mean whether the dentist has to close his doors or not. So I'm serious. Uh, anyway, a typical dental office will make a hundred, will produce a hundred thousand dollars, maybe 150, depends on the practice, just from fluoride treatments. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a fair price. They pay a lot of money for the varnish, but it takes a few minutes. It helps uh, beef up the, the, the money spent or billed to the insurance company for that one-hour visit that that hygienist does. And hygienists are very well paid. Uh, the fees for a cleaning, an exam, let, let's just hit the fee for a cleaning, 100 bucks, 120 maybe 150 Most people are getting haircuts for two to $300. I mean, they spend more on their hair. I'm just shocked. I mean, if you were to look at the setup for a pro a prophylactic cleaning in a dental office and the equipment that's needed and what goes on behind the scenes and clean, sterilizing the instruments and and uh, and then the setup and then the hour in the chair. If you look at the cost of chair time, $100 for a prophy is ridiculous. And that's why a lot of offices, which this is wrong, this is wrong, uh, not ethical, it's not the standard of care, are doing 20-minute cleanings. Uh, a cleaning should take an hour. That allows for 10 minutes of patient education, most good hygienists will demand that from their dentist. They won't work in a, in a practice where they're doing two or three cleanings in an hour. Unless it's children. Children, you don't need to do a lot of scaling. And there's less surface area, fewer teeth, obviously. But I'm speaking about adults. So uh, anyway, um, so if I were to come along and say, oh, this is bad for our kids. The fluoride to the brain is bad. The, the volatiles and the chemicals used to apply... Uh, the varnish are bad for our kids. Possible carcinogens uh, twice a year. Also, the, the experience for the child. We want children to grow up into adults looking forward to their dental visits and coming in. Remember, almost half of the U.S. population does not come see a dentist on a regular basis. Yes, a lot of it is insurance and costs, but a lot of it, more than you would think, is fear. It's a phobia. It's a, a bad experience. As a child, I had bad experiences with my uh pediatric dentist when I was a kid in San Francisco. I, I remember the address. I remember the building. I remember walking up to the building. This is like a four-, or five-, and six-year-old. I remember the dentist. Don't remember his face. That's blank. But everything, his hair, what he said, how... Meanie was the size and shape of the chair, the assistant. I even remember the toy drawer and the wood paneling in the office. Uh, I remember all of that because it was trauma. (laughs) And we, we tend to those, we tend that imprints upon us. And, and this is what children are going through in the U.S. And this is why a lot of us don't go see a dentist on a regular basis. And that needs to be fixed. Um, that's, that's not a good thing. In my practice, I have measured and treated sleep issues for thousands of patients, and one of my easy and immediate recommendations for every one of these patients is to start taking a magnesium supplement. It is well understood that magnesium improves the chances of deeper and more restorative sleep. For me personally and for my family, Magnesium Breakthrough has helped me achieve better scores for deep and REM sleep. Magnesium Breakthrough has been a game-changer for my wife and I, many family members. It literally possesses a hallowed spot in our vitamin and supplement drawer. At family get-togethers, we remind each other, do you have enough? Did you bring your Mag Breakthrough? No exaggeration. Most magnesium supplements contain one to two forms of magnesium. Magnesium breakthrough contains all seven forms of magnesium, like nature intended. Not including all forms makes no sense when efficacy is the desired result. Not surprisingly, in today's world, 75% of the population is magnesium deficient. And unfortunately, eating well can't solve this deficiency, given today's farming practices. That's why getting all seven forms of magnesium in Magnesium Breakthrough is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms in one supplement. Magnesium Breakthrough helps you sleep better, it also helps calm your mind, and allows you to feel grounded and relaxed during the day, and especially before bed, preparing you for a good night's sleep. Getting the correct amount and versions of magnesium, as found in Magnesium Breakthrough, also helps improve digestion, supports muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density, and even tooth remineralization. So make sure you are not only taking magnesium, Make sure you are getting all forms of magnesium which ultimately is what our bodies need to function optimally for an exclusive offer for my listeners go to magbreakthrough.com/ ask the dentist do it now your body and brain will thank you again that's magbreakthrough.com slash ask the dentist and use promo code ask the dentist all one word during checkout to save 10%. Restorative sleep is perhaps the most important factor in living a life well lived. Don't let the quality of your magnesium supplement be anything less than the best it can be. Let me end on a very positive uh, message. Uh, There is hope. So my partner and I, business partner, uh, two of them, my daughter, and Dr. Stacy, who many of you know, pediatric dentist, uh, two years ago started realizing that there is there's a need for change in this area in this in this realm, the bad experience, the chemicals the exposure uh, fluoride to the brain, uh, again fluoride to the brain, with uh seven hundred parts per million in the water has an effect on the IQ of your child. Imagine 24,000 parts per million. And silver diamine fluoride which is a new technique that dentists are using. Instead of drilling on the tooth, if there's a small cavity, they apply this. I did an episode on this. I'll put that in the show notes. If done properly, it's fine. That has almost 50,000 parts per million of fluoride. So if that gets past the area that's being treated and if the patient swallows it or if it's absorbed through the oral mucosa, uh, that gets into the blood supply as well. So anyway, there's good news. Uh, Dr. Stacy and I and my daughter, uh, we, uh, along with... Uh, starting a new uh, oral health company, new toothpaste. I'm going to do an episode on that. We launched that last Friday. Perhaps you know about it already. If you don't, check it out, fig.com, F-Y-G-G.com. We also launched um, a new varnish. Again, it's called Fig. There, you can see it there. Um, It comes in a small bottle um, because that's what dentists are used to. Um, And it is a nanohydroxyapatite with L-arginine in it. We took out the N-hexane, we took out the propylene glycate, we took out all the resins, um, uh, We and it tastes wonderful. We taste-tested it on over 500 kids in a pediatric office, and we didn't get one bad, violent reaction. Not one. We got a few, you know, smart-aleck kids, which I adore, Kind of saying, yeah, yeah, had to add a little bit more of this, a little bit more vanilla. You know, it's like they're getting out their tasting wheel and telling us, uh, you know, uh, how to, how to formulate the, the flavor profile, which is fine. But, but overall they walked out with a smile on their face. They had the varnish on their teeth for a half hour. It was easy to apply and it works. There's scientific evidence that in most regards, the nanohydroxyapatite, this is the version that's approved by the SCC, SCCS in Europe, um, is as good, if not better in some cases, than applying fluoride to the teeth in a varnish. Uh, this is a product, and this is also in our toothpaste, at, at a much lower strength. This is powerful stuff. It's been doped with this material and L-arginine. And then it has a specific consistency where it will stay on teeth. Where toothpaste, we want it to dissolve right away. We want it to, when you spit it out in the sink, we want it to dissolve. When it dissolves, it leaves calcium behind, a little white spot. And that's what's left on your teeth. So this is slightly different. This is only available to, you'll see it on the website, but it's only available if you have a dental license. Um, it's expensive, but it is competitively priced uh, against all other varnishes out there. We're, we're up against some some of the big boys, 3M and Premier out of Europe. And these are big dental companies. And I think that they are formulating similar versions. We'll have competition soon. Um, I'm not sure they'll be as clean as our product, but we'll see. And again, Dr. Stacey and I are trying to change... What we've been doing incorrectly for 100 years with toothpaste, with oral care products, we've been using all the wrong things, harming the oral microbiome, uh, adding chemicals and substances that are bad for us, all in hopes that we get better oral health, which in most cases does not happen. Look at the mouthwash and high blood pressure connection. Perfect example. Um, and so the one missing puzzle piece is, and, and we introduced this product to our directory. We have over 200, uh, actually it's 240 now, uh, functional dentists on our directory. A lot of you have looked at that and found a dentist that way. We also reached out to a lot of the other integrative holistic. What are the other ones? It should be functional. Functional covers everything. It's the big umbrella of this way of thinking in dentistry. We reach out to a lot of those organizations. We got their email lists, and we have introduced this to them. And it's actually flying off the shelves. I'm very happy. But a lot of dentists are asking, can I bill for this? And if they can't bill for it, it, it may be kind of a hard sell, right? Well, there's good news. Um, I don't have the code on me now. I'll put it in the show notes. But the ADA, American Dental Association, the California Dental Association, I was able to find it. I knew this was coming, um, but again, you never know. Um, There is a code now for a remineralizing agent used as a varnish twice a year with hydroxyapatite in it. Whether it's nano or micro, they, they didn't differentiate and so that is very good news because now dentists will jump on the bandwagon. And, and, and don't give them a hard time. A lot of them had to resist this because this is a big part of their income. But the good news is that this is now available. So in 2024, uh, you're going to see, I think, a lot of varnishes, healthier varnishes. Uh, I'll let you know how they compare to fig, of course. Um, they are coming on the market. And so one last point I wanted to make that I did, haven't mentioned yet, a lot of parents knew that this varnish was bad, mostly because of the amount of fluoride. They've been listening to, to us here at Ask the Dentist. They've been listening to Dr. Stacy, and and some other channels as well. Uh, fluoride Action Network. Uh, they're aware of the lawsuit against the EPA. Um, they, they know better. And I have advised that it's better not to get the fluoride treatment than to get it. Um, it's, again, a lesser of two evils argument. Fortunately, now we don't have to make that choice. Um, but what ex- what you experienced and i apologize on the basis of our from from our profession you were shamed you were fluoride shamed the dentist got upset even some functional dentists uh, did this very few uh, there were a few on our list that we had to remove uh because as a functional dentist you should not be using fluoride uh that's a no-brainer but mostly conventional dentists and you literally were kicked out of the practice. I spoke to these patients and they were happy that that it, they, after the fact, would say, well, now I know who my dentist really is. And uh, so, and then they would find another dentist and they weren't fluoride shamed anymore. So if you're a parent, you've been fluoride shamed because you were willing to speak up, you brought in some research papers, the dentist and the hygienist didn't want to read it or didn't know about it or just didn't want to deal with it or were afraid that they were losing income all of the above, whatever. There's no reason for that. When You now have an alternative. Go ahead and ask for a fluoride-free varnish. It exists. It is on It is on the market. And if your dentist hasn't purchased it, just tell them. Tell them to go to fig.com, F-Y-G-G.com. That stands for Feed Your Good Guys. That's uh, protecting and nourishing the oral microbiome, which this varnish does as well, and as well as our toothpaste. So, Anyway, uh, uh, I hope that explains what varnish is, what the problems are with varnish, why explains why your kid probably doesn't want to go. You know what? Ask your kid, uh, ask your, all your kiddos, um, whether they had a good or bad experience, ask them what the worst part was. Go, go through the sequence in the waiting room, maybe a little anxiety being called in. And again, a lot of kids are having great experiences because a lot of dentists and staff are trying very hard to make this good, uh, a good experience, um, a positive experience. Um, and ask them, was it the scraping? Was it the ultrasonic, which we don't normally use on kids too often unless there's a lot of tartar? Was it having your mouth open? Was it the bright light in your face? I mean, uh, was it the taste of the pumice or the polish? Um was it the smell in the office? I mean, there, there's so many things that kids will pick up on. and But you may have to uh, kind of prime them a little bit. And then ask them about the that last thing that they paint on your teeth. What was that like? And I bet you, and I'm not talking about a filling uh, um, a visit or appointment. Obviously, it's the drill sound and, and all of that um, that they'll mention. And potentially pain and, of course, the needle and all of that. This is just a prophylaxis visit. Ask them what the worst part of their visit was. Remind them about that that don 't say awful tasting, just say that stuff that they paint in your mouth and and then you 're not supposed to drink with oh, rinse with water afterwards and i 'll bet you that that is the most memorable thing uh in that they will uh retrieve from their memories and 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 that's sad and again the the five hundred plus young pediatric patients that tested this, not one. Didn't like the taste. They commented on it in some cases, but they're like, "Oh, that's great. I can I can do this," and uh, and it and it works. So anyway, I'll include some uh, studies as well. Uh, We have studies on our website as well, fig.com. Anyway, I hope that is of some help. Don't get fluoride shamed. Don't expose your kid to this horrible experience. Don't expose them to chemicals that can harm their brain, cause inflammation. In their brain. Uh, don't expose them to known carcinogens. Don't expose them to chemicals that have been banned in other parts of the world. Uh, it's just very sad that we're having to have this conversation. Um, but. I thank you for listening and being interested and being willing to listen to the conversation. And if you have any comments uh, or any questions, obviously you can get a hold of me on Instagram. You can DM me. You can email me. We have a newsletter that goes out every two weeks, almost every two weeks, uh, with a lot of research. Um, that email list is, is growing rapidly. We have lots of followers and lots of engagement. I thank you for that. And again, all the interest in in oral health. Um, again, I'm doing this episode at the end of 2023. And uh, 2023 was a good year for functional dentistry and for recognition of oral health in general. I've done a lot of podcasts. I traveled to LA, Austin, other places, interviewed a lot of great people, um, neurologists, toxicologists, was interviewed by many, many fascinating, interesting, very uh, talented interviewers. Uh, oral health is is seeing its moment. Um, and I attribute a lot of that to all of you and your interest. So I, I thank you for that. Anyway, if you're looking for a functional dentist and you mm-hmm. want to have a dentist that will treat you with this and not shame you, go to our directory at askthedentist.com slash directory. Uh, if you can't find someone, reach out to us or Just tell your dentist about this. Tell them to buy it before you go in. Tell them, I'm not doing the fluoride varnish. There is an alternative, and you can bill for it in a few weeks, 2024, which I think will be another good year. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful and restful holiday with family and with friends. See you in the new year. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com slash directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.